0: This is a Good Morning Drive show with the host, is one. This one story had a profound impact on my life. This is about the woman who did the impossible. Forgiveness. Forgiveness.
1: I came along with him, well known as Miss T, the famous pen survivor. I came here from um, I was born and raised there, and I came to Middleburg in 2014 for work purposes. Um, it was a beautiful time by then. Uh, starting a new career. Ex- actually, it was a leadership that I had with uh, one of the companies in Middelberg. Uh In 20- 2006, mm-hmm. I fell in love with a guy that um, we had so much in common and we planned our future together.
0: We go to that section. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, can you uh, can you tell us more about the, uh, your your brothers? Do you have brothers and sisters and how many? Oh, okay.
1: We from a very big family. I'm from a very big family. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my parents passed away like uh, when I was seventeen. I was still in matric when they passed. Mm-hmm. But then I have three brothers and four sisters, meaning we are eight. And uh, yeah, we are a big family, and I'm the fifth one at home. And all my siblings are still alive, and we're still together and supportive of each other.
0: Mm, okay, okay. All, all
1: the way from Witbank. All the way from Witbank. yes. You, you get to move because of, of your career to Middleburg. Yes, I moved to Middleburg because of the leadership, and uh, being uh, signed permanently, that's when I moved to Middleburg.
0: Then you can continue and tell us more.
1: Um, as I was saying, that um, working in Middleburg, I found myself a partner, that we love each other so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2008, everything was well, uh, we loved each other, didn't see anything wrong, though uh, as Partners, we go through things that we hope for the best, that we can overcome them. You just don't give up and don't work out on it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 2008, we were blessed with twins. Okay. It was a boy and a girl. Unfortunately, I lost my boy, uh, he was still. So I had to go to an emergency section so they can save my daughter, who was still alive by then. Um, so I was left with my daughter. She survived. Uh, her name is Gam Khaitwe. She has a very public soul.
0: So how did you deal with that situation at that time?
1: It was very tough. It was tough, like, as a very first-timer, as a mom, Mm. carrying twins, it was a precious gift, mm. and wow, two beds with one stone, wow, mm. like it was very great, but then losing my son was so devastating, but I had to choose to be strong. You because the year? I, yeah, it was in 2008.
0: 2008.
1: Yeah. I had to be strong for my daughter, who was incubated. And she was only 900 grams, anything could happen to her. She was very, very tiny. And uh, burying my son at the same time and having the other one in the incubator. Mm. So I had to be strong. And um, baby daddy was still there as well, supportive. And we went through losing our son together and we supported each other. And our daughter made it and she was released from hospital after eight months of incubation. She came home with an oxygen machine. So she lived almost one year of her life in an oxygen machine because her lungs went strong. Mm -hmm. Um, When she turned one uh, she was declared fit and the oxygen machine was Removed and she was a normal baby, totally growing up, and all that. And that's when I started experiencing problems with our baby daddy um, abuse, mm. like verbally, like you'll get impama once in a while, mm-hmm. but then you wouldn't describe that as abuse, abuse, like, I mean, come on, he slaps you and he apologizes, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I thought it's just one of
1: those days. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things. I mean, why am I being traumatic? Okay, it went on and he lost his job. Actually, he didn't lose it. He just decided to not go to work anymore. I think he was going through some phase of his own that he wasn't talking about.
2: Mm.
1: And um, I supported him. We had a daughter, and um, we survived until our daughter she was two years old, and things went smooth as well. And she he'll go out so much and come back angry at me, and he wasn't waking, and I have to go to work, and we have a toddler.
0: Uh, so y- y- you saw some sign now gonna call out now it's more like most of the Yeah, sometimes with the Yeah, anger, anger, anger. Yeah.
1: Anger. Sometimes with yeah. there, and there were times where he'll tell you that he knows he has issues that he needs to deal with and he's gonna deal with them. And I believed him and because I wanted us to work. Yeah and you know this theory of te- of believing that if you leave your baby daddy, your child is not going to have a father You know mm-hmm. that yes, type yeah. thing you mm-hmm. think if you leave your name your child is not going to have a father of which now I know that whether you're with or not the man the father is still the father
2: yeah.
1: the father is still the father but then yeah went through that phase, and I remember it happened. It was a, she was on and off moods. It was on the 12th.
0: So actually you were trying to figure out what was the. Yeah problem, I was still was figuring out what's,
1: what's happening mm-hmm. like, but Vienna he knew what's going on with him that you couldn't talk about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But then I remember it was on the 12th of March my was my best friend's birthday, and uh, we were invited there. We went there together, actually, because um, I had to do some things for my friend, cook and all that. I left him, and he came after. But we were friends of his. Like, it wasn't like she's my friend only or not his friend. We were, like, family friends. Mm. So we were close to each other, all the four of us, my friend's partner, my partner, and it was that background. And then getting there, I remember it was a nice occasion. My friend just bought a house, and we were, it was a house Everyone was bringing gifts and all that, and he came around six in the, after, in the evening. Uh, he was so agitated, and the place there was a little bit packed and with me, saving people and everything, we decided that we must leave and go and I'm telling him, no, how can how can we leave because we you know this is an occasion and that we have your friend. and it's our friend. we have to make sure and see through this whole event that. It's it's a it's a success. And then he starts now grabbing me, pulling me. Now it's in front of people, he's showing his colours. And now there's men who are like, No, you can't do that to a woman. How can you do that? He's pulling and dragging me like a crazy person.
0: And it was surprising because uh We spoke it, about it is not it his character. Actually a Martin. In that, that car- way, in that yes, way, they yeah. know
1: him as this bubbly person who's a conversation starter mm. who's very, very he can socialize. Mm. So seeing that now he looks like a disappointment to people, he decided to leave. He leaves and he calls me that, Yeah, I remember I told you I wanna go and figure myself out. So I'm just gonna go I'll see what I'll do. So nyambuza you have an cause at no Um, I'll see. Okay. Later in the evening that night, my friend drove me home. We left our car there because we're hoping he's going to come back Mm -hmm. and and take it. I went home, he wasn't there. following morning, it's Sunday, it's the 14th. He comes and says, yeah, I've decided about that thing of going and figuring myself out, so I'm going to go and fix myself so I'm gonna take my clothes and move back home uh, I do not have a problem I'm sitting there on the couch because I'm still a bit angry with him for what he did last night so he packs his things he goes and then he says can we speak in private and I agree our daughter's following us, and then in the bedroom he locks, oh, it's normal. I mean, we mostly cause the Okay. How,
0: how, how old was your
2: daughter? She was
1: two years, two, years. two months by then. We go to a bedroom and he start scratching his head, unsettled pacing off the room. And he pulls out the five liter can. Still, I'm lost. What's happening? Until I do That's when I realized we're fighting. We're mm. fighting. And he had this whole thing planned. I I have to think fast. What right
0: next? Yeah.
1: What's next now? I mean, now we're fighting. I'm all wet. The mm. petrol is all over the room. Now we're fighting for the match. Like that match fighting it felt like a lifetime like we fought for that match and he overpowered me and ignited in a second that room was filled with flames and he threw through the window and ran for his life so Left that's right. me and my daughter in there and he so you
0: actually he planned to, to, to pen you all of you guys also himself.
1: I think so, I think so, and he got scared. Got scared. But then
0: because as you, as you said that you have locked, we have locked the door. Yes. And after that,
1: not unless he initially knew that if I lock the door, I know I'm gonna. Flee through the window, because that's what he did. And he escaped without any scourge. Mm. So, I'm not even sure how long I was in there. I don't think it was even a minute. Mm. But then that fire was all over my body in a second. You know how fire can mm. transfer in minutes, in seconds. and I just jumped through the window as well, using my hands, trying to feel where to move. And the fact that I'm used to the surrounding of my house.
2: Mm.
1: I managed to jump through, went to the tap, threw myself with water, my daughter is left in there. And when I throw myself with water, the neighbors are like, ah, tell me what's happening? And you can see the clothes are still in fire and all that. And then they came, tried to save my daughter, and they managed to. And I remember looking at my daughter that time, at that point, she didn't look badly burned because I don't think the fire even got to him, just the flames that affected him and the smoke and all that. Because looking at her, she wasn't bent, she was just a little bit swollen, mm. here and there, unlike me. I was like a balloon in a second. Mm. So we were taken into Midmet mid- Hospital. Uh, when we got there, they said they've never seen something like this. So we flew into Jobbik, the very same moment, um, in separate airplanes. Uh, we stayed in separate hospitals. So, I was in a to hospital for Ben's kids. And I was in uh, Mel Park Hospital in the Ben section. And um, yeah, I stayed there. That was my home for 2010. I remember it was Soka. Yeah, so,
0: uh, well, Soka Melkass.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've never, I uh, didn't experience that because I was lying there in a coma, mm. and apparently my daughter on the second day she passed away, and um, that's her
2: family
1: okay. painting. She passed away, and uh, I was in a coma, so they went and buried her. In I think the twenty-first of March was a, it's a holiday and um, March, April, May, June somewhere in July mm. I think that's when I, I showed sign of life out of my coma that uh, l- she seems like she's going to be fine but I was still on life support and I was still lying there looking dead and then in
0: I mean you have spent it Almost six to seven months.
1: Yeah. Mm. I was okay. trooped Like, there was a machine that was breathing for me. I was fed by a tube and everything. Dead. But there was a the hope it's very, of survival. Y- yes, because my heartbeat was still there, yeah. though my lungs, they were very weak. But the heartbeat was still there. But then, I remember my sister... Telling me that they were told that there's no hope.
2: Mm.
1: By the size that my body expanded, it was very huge that my heart couldn't take it, but it did for some reason. Uh, in July, I woke up. People were still excited about the World well, Soccer in 2010, and I couldn't speak because I was still on life support, mm. but I could. I was just aware of the surroundings. But then you're still so confused. You don't know what's happening because you're so bad. They drug you so much so that you don't feel the pain. Because almost I was, I'm 80% third degree pain survivor. So meaning most of parts of my body has burned and burned deep into the skin. All my nails, so it damaged and everything. Mm. All I wanted to know was where's my daughter? But they couldn't talk to me because when you're on life support, um, you can't speak, you can't do anything, you Mm. can't write. But then, Jay, I was filled with confusion. And also, they won't
0: tell you the the negatives because they Yeah, because you have to survive.
1: And then in August, I was better still in ICU, intensive care. And then my lungs were better. They removed the tube from my lungs. At least I can speak. And the very same question was like, "Um, where's my daughter? And my family was beating around the bushes, and they left because... They used to come to Joback every Sunday. They couldn't come every day because of the distance. Mm -hmm. So the next Sunday they came with a psychiatrist that I knew that something was wrong. Looking at them, coming with a doctor that I've never seen. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then she explains to me, me, Timmy, you know you got banned and Yamukesu was bent as well, but she didn't survive. You know, she was very tiny. She takes me through the process of how she was born. And the fact that her lungs were weak, so her lungs failed her. That's why she didn't make it and all that. I was like, oh, yeah, anyway, we got bent, yeah, it's fine. And then they were so impressed that I took it very well. And later in the evening, my body just shut down. And I went back to coma. It was, gosh, no, it can't. How? Mm. And the following day, I woke up. I was still in hospital. And I'm like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to take medication. I, don't, I just want to die.
0: Because of the news? Yes. That is
1: I just want to die. And um, five days down the line, they said, "You know, what? you know how it feels like to be fed with a pipe." We couldn't do that because you refusing food, and um, somehow my daughter and my dreams will come and visit me, and visit me, and eventually I woke up one Saturday, feeling so upbeat, wanted wanted to leave. like it felt like she lived in me. Mm-hmm. And I started to do, to want to do things like give me medication, give me some pain. And by then I couldn't even walk. And I was so filled with energy that I want to walk, I want to walk. They said, no, you can't start now. Your wounds are still raw. You're still going to lie there for a very long time. And your lungs are still weak. You can't do anything. But then I, I kept going for some reason, looking for every Sunday, looking forward. My family will come, um, I'll be put in a wheelchair, they'll drive me around in the hospital, take me back. Like I was a cripple, a hundred percent cripple, but I had hope that I'm going to go out there and be alive.
0: So now, as as you're saying, that you had the hope, you no? Know? What mm-hmm. actually was pushing you now to leave, so to see a reason for leaving? So I, you know, I don't need to take my life.
1: Actually, I was so angry at God, very very angry. That how can a person with so much power let so much evil happens to people? Mm. How do we get here? Does it just sit there and like, okay? I'm watching you and after you suffered I'm gonna come and save you. But then through my daughter, I don't know how, but
0: There you saw God that God is still there for you. As as you I felt like his spirit
1: was living in me and something was pushing me that go, you're gonna be fine, you're gonna be fine. And those baby steps And I understood, and I I told myself that some battles are not mine to fight. Mm. So I'm just going to let God do whatever he wants to do. Like now I'm defeated, I I can't even walk, I'm just lying here.
0: It was more like Manje, you didn't have any plan about your life, anything about your life. Just you wanted to see what is his actual plan. Upon your
1: life now. Exactly. It was like the path you were walking, it wasn't for you. Mm. Mm. So now you have to take, you are redirected to a, to a path that you knew nothing about.
0: Where are you going? And, and where I don't, going don't to even end know where I'm going now
1: because yeah. I'm sitting here. This is a part where at least I didn't feel like I'm, I'm at a dead end. I felt like I'm at a crossroad. Where do I go now with my bags and with this new me? Mm. I planned a life that had a daughter and a partner. Now I'm waking up. I don't have all of that. And I look different. Who am I? So it was a very tough journey of rediscovering was very tough, but I trust I didn't go that. I don't know where I'm going, but I will go wherever I have to go. My recovery was very, very long, uh, a year in a hospital, but I recovered very nice due to the doctors, because my wounds managed to heal all of them. In a year, and then in January 2011, they took me to a rehab where they'll help my muscles to go back to um, working. Now I'm taking baby steps again. I'm learning how to walk. I'm learning how to use my hands. I'm learning how to do things. It was an exciting time, and I was discharged and now I have to face the world with this new look that I had. Mm. And coming out and into the public, I did, my looks didn't even bother me at all. Of course there were days where it will knock me down, but every time I had to go out, I'll refer to the pain that I've enjoyed in those hospitals and the loss of my daughter. And how I look was nothing compared to what I went through. Coming out, researching about bands and band survivors, there was none on the internet. That's the reason I made it my goal, to put myself out there every day, every how, sharing there my story.
0: N- there was nothing on the internet. Someone like you, telling. Mm, yeah. There was nothing yeah, like yeah.
1: the yeah. only people i'll talk to is people who are overseas, like you you search for stories, you go to internet mm. bands people you go to images, you only get um yeah, images, American yeah. people um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I made it my goal that uh, dear future band survivor you wouldn't have to suffer like how I did. And I went out there, and I was so surprised that there's millions of them survivors out there sitting. And I've met a lot of them and communicated with a lot of them. Now we're out there. I've, I've started campaigns of people who are shaming looks. I've made it my point that I'm going to give people hope that it's fine to be different. It doesn't mean your life, it has to stop. You can move on, you can live on, it's fine with your scars, it's okay, come out. And with the amount of people that have changed their lives, like it makes me sleep so well at night that somebody will tell that, oh, because of you today I can wear my sleepless top. Because of you, I can go out without any makeup. Because of you, I can do that and that. And making them realize that it was my success, that, oh, I've made it. And I've opened a page where I speak openly about what happened to me. Like I've, I'm, I'm putting it out there. It's in the public, so that people can relate that things like this do happen, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Life do still happen. I mean, still goes on, and it doesn't mean because you look different, your life has to stop. You don't have to do activities. You don't have to do anything, and then yeah, that's where it it all began I could say now like should somebody I walk around stare at me I don't even know why they stared at me I forget that I have scars uh,
0: coming to to this section that point yeah? mm-hmm. I, I, I have read somewhere uh, you're talking about uh, forgiveness yes how did you deal with that start forgiveness the pain to go through that forgiveness because you cannot just forgive
1: you know forgiveness is a choice it's a choice it's a personal journey that you have to sit with yourself it's it's a decision you have to make that i want to move on and by moving on without Peace and freedom, you're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I've made that choice that um, I'm going to forgive him. I'm going to forgive this situation. I'm not going to feel angry anymore. And I remember when I took that decision, Mr. X was still alive. I went straight to him in jail and I told him that I'm forgiving you. I'm not going to be waking up every day you being the reason of ruining my days and or, my happiness
0: or end up, uh, end up uh, taking the step to go and meet him personally.
1: remember he was um, he ran away after doing this whole thing and he was AWOL he was nowhere to be found and he handed himself in the police in some time in May okay. and we proceeded with the trial in 2011 after I was discharged, and he was given ten years, five which were suspended, and he was jailed and prosecuted. And during those times, for my healing, I went there and, and met with him and told him that I forgave him, it's fine, he doesn't have to hold it against Himself, he did whatever he had to do for some reason, and I'm not gonna hold it.
0: Or he never even told you there was
1: no, he wrote some letter of apology, but we know it's just the problem that they have in, in, in prison. So but it's not parole. something that comes from his I didn't, the, that I d- I his didn't heart, feel actually. his heart in that no. letter. Mm. I think it was a thing of parole. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know this program yeah, called yeah. Yobe where they say write something to apologize because you're going to get paroled. Yeah. It was something like that. But I told him I forgave him. And uh, I didn't hold it against him because it wasn't for me to judge and to put it on my shoulder, it was too heavy for me. So I had to let it go and put it down. It doesn't mean that forgiving him. I'm saying what he did, it's okay.
0: But to, to, to your side, it, there was something different that you felt after? Of course that I,
1: I did, yes, I did. Like, I didn't have to wake up angry. I didn't have to wake up wanting to revenge wanting to harm him or maybe wishing for something bad for him to happen. No, like I moved on with my life and did my things, went out there and as an activist that I am and spoke about what happened to me and speaking about what happened to me to people, it was helping me back as well to heal.
0: It was healing you.
1: Yes, so it was some kind of mm. therapy yeah, somehow. Yeah. Like the more you you, you narrate it mm. and you tell your story out there, you healing and you accept it. And mm. that's part of of talking that helps. And it's unfortunate that most people in talking, people are gonna judge you. People are gonna mm. say, "What what have you done? Mm. Why did you have to do this?" you so you don't have to concentrate on the avantubazoti you have to mm-hmm. the put yourself of it. The there side. Yes. and if the negatives come you just become immune to them You, they don't exist that's why but if you go and stop and entertain them you're not going to heal every now and then you're going to have some breakdowns going to have some breakdowns, and I found it that it has built me so much that once in a while in your know, inbox, you get those nasty comments that, yeah, we had that they found you sleeping with a man, that is why he bent you, like, there's so many nasty comments, like, you ask yourself, how can a person have so much energy to go into your inbox, just to spite you and mm-hmm. he doesn't even know you or mm-hmm. never seen you before mm-hmm. but it just come just to make you bad i think maybe it makes it boost their energy or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. so those are the things we don't have to look at in life um i'm a happy soul
2: yeah.
1: i'm free i still have my problems Mm. which is life mm. i mean life will be boring yeah. without problems
2: yeah. <laughs> will
1: yeah. be so boring yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. so, so
1: i've accepted myself i know i have scars are they permanent
0: so after the uh, uh, your husband mm-hmm. came out of prison so how is the life been you know, uh, i i haven't seen up?
1: him i've I remember the very same day when he came out, people called me, like, I was on night shift still. People called me, oh, he's out, he's out, he's out. So I called um, correctional service and, and that year was? On that year? I can't remember it quite. It was 2020... 17, I think. 2017. He didn't stay long in prison. So I remember he was out. I've never met him. But people who are close to me used yeah. to see him. But I'm definitely sure maybe he used to see me as well. But I just it's just unfortunate I never saw him. Yeah. Until 2018, when I heard he died as well. Mm. And uh, my phone was crazy as well. Oh, he died. He died.
0: And people they would take it to Monarchy today. Yeah, Yeah, like it like you have
1: to rejoice he died. Mm, like who yeah, said yeah, I, I wanted him dead? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> who said I wanted him dead? Like surprisingly I didn't want him dead. Like for your reason, mm. people out there. I mean he had to face life here with us struggling day to days. Mm. I mean trying to put food on your table mm. and surviving. So death, I felt like it was an easy pass out for him, like he died so early, mm. though people were so excited that, oh, he died. I think they assumed that I wanted him dead.
0: Uh, but within yourself, you knew, you knew that, you knew that I have him. I have forgiven, I
1: have forgiven him. him. And yet, even when he came out, it didn't bother me, it didn't startle me in my life that, oh, yeah, he's out now, I'm going to be scared, I won't be walking oh, around. Oh, seeking for revenge oh, again. Oh, seeking yeah. for revenge, yeah. no. But. And all of a the sudden, then, he died, like how, oh, dude, we were supposed to be around here somewhere, maybe meet at the shopping mall Like, greet each other, like, hi, hi, now you just choose to die. I don't, like, it was a little bit disappointing for me. I know it wasn't in my power to choose that for him, but I didn't want him dead. I wanted him to... So he can go through whatever, the consequences of what he did mm. alive. As much as I am going through the consequences of what he did, I chose to make peace with it. Mm. I don't know how he chose to go and live with it, but yeah, it is what it is. Mm. I'm here today.
0: So as as we have said that um, we are in that what's going
1: mm-hmm.
0: So how your relationship has improved between you and God? So.
1: My relationship okay. with God, it, it improved in that bed when I decided to put everything in Him. To let go of everything, to let go of the anger. When I knew I'm not in control anymore, all I can do on that bed was just breathe. I couldn't do anything. Everything was taken away from me. I had to trust in him. I had to trust the route that he chosen for me. I had to know that there was a Tembi who had plans for this and that. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't have... Remember then, those were, as I thought, my plans. plans. Now, my life, I live it. I'm a
2: follower.
1: I feel like Mm. I'm not in charge as I was before. Now I feel like I'm a follower, there's somebody who's leading me and Mm. who's taking me places, who's Mm. telling me where to go, what to do, and when to do it, and how Mm. to do it. And he speaks through me to go and heal people.
0: In some other ways, we can say we are pastoring, but you are not past. are not a pastor. I'm not a but pastor, he, but in a way, you, you are doing God's work now.
1: Because it mm. makes me to go and speak to people that I've never thought I'll speak with in my life. Mm. That in a different look, like mm. I'm wearing a mask now. I'm not that person mm. who I was before. So it's, it's, it's one of the high-level emotions that you'll never understand that. Like, I'll tell myself sometimes, oh, um, um, I just want to take a break from this. Talks and all that and all that. And oh, the next thing, there's kids who somewhere and I'll be running to go and visit and give them hope. You see, um, oh, my scars. Like,
0: yeah, it's more like every time I say, okay, let me just rest. And, I don't and, want to and continue concentrate about, on myself. Yeah, and, yeah, and improve my, myself. And yes, yes. Then something, something will shows up. Like, really? yes. I
1: have to go and like, oh, you know what? The scars are not; they permanent. Mm. My nerves are damaged. Don't worry, you, you just spend the epidemic. You're gonna be fine. You're not gonna be like me, and then and, and you see you're gonna survive me up and everything, nerves, and all that.
0: Then, after that, you can start to see hope from those two. From ones.
1: that, then oh. there's hope. Then oh. I'm in again, like, oh gosh, oh. all right. Then you have story. to, like, you said you're taking a break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, can we talk about that on another day? It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how my life is. or Or maybe I'll just. Disconnect from Facebook or anything yeah. like the other day. I opened and I found tons of my inbox messages of pain survivors, mm. women who are struggling. That mm. so you feel like you can't afford to be offline or mm. just be disappear for two weeks.
2: Mm.
1: Cause I'm not saying I solve people's problems but I give them hope mm-hmm. that you can still do it. Whether it's a failing marriage, whether it's what you can still do it. I always tell them, then I thought I wouldn't do it on my own. And here I am. I'm doing it on my own. And mm.
0: so from someone out there who's listening to this interview, what are there the ways uh, that you could use that will inspire and or give hope as we're about to close this interview?
1: Okay, all I can say is life is a roller coaster. enjoy it, and when you go and stumble through it, it's okay, stand up, pick yourself up, that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter how many times you're gonna stumble. Keep on standing up. I'm telling you life has knocked me down so many times, but I always, even if it takes time, but it doesn't matter. The goal is to stand up, dust yourself, pick yourself up, find a source of balance where you can draw strength from. Mostly it will be God. And some they use their families and whatever. But pick yourself up. It's so important to move on. You can't afford to lose hope. You can't afford to be a dead human being who has oxygen in their lungs. So live your life. This is a one-time gift. You're never going to get another one. Make use of it. Enjoy it. Stumbling blocks are normal. As I always say, life will be so, so boring. I get so bored when my life gets so smooth. Like, I need action. Yeah. Like, God, come on, now it's boring. Where's something. the action? <laughs> give, give me, some me something. Me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me something. Now I'm sitting here. Yeah. I don't have yeah. anything to do. Like, challenge mm. me. I'm bored. Mm. So, never get bored with your life. So, go out there, live your life, and. Don't every time ask yourself why me? And then who must it be? Everyone doesn't deserve whatever you're going through. But it's your battle that you have to fight. No one can fight it for you. Only you can.
0: No. Thank you very much. Thank you for your for your time and I think many people out there will be there will be a rich really help with this message
2: show me how